Supercharged, a podcast focusing on renewable energy and the passion behind the movement. Supercharged is a thoughtful journey through renewable energy sustainability and an integrated lifestyle. Subscribe and listen each week as we chat with thought leaders, influencers, and those who simply choose to live a better way. And hopefully along the way, you too will be inspired to live supercharged. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Supercharged, the podcast. And I have a very special guest with me today, Amy Smith. Amy, thanks for joining us on Supercharged. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I am uh, Amy and I've known each other probably for maybe a year and a half now. And I, I just, when we started doing this podcast, I, I kind of thought, who do I know in my network that I thought would be a very engaging guest and, and offer just kind of a unique perspective. But you know, we chatted a little bit offline. I said, you know what, this is, this is very unscripted. So I just want to just really get her, get her ideas and thoughts in the, the space in general. But before we get rolling, Amy, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, my name is Amy. I'm the founder of Align Tribe and I run an in-demand coach program, which helps people to really transition their careers uh, from their business, from their corporate life into starting their own coaching or consulting business and uh, primarily use that through LinkedIn marketing strategies as well. Um, I am your typical millennial. And so um, I've had a, a wide variety of experiences in, in my own career as well and, and through business as well. Um, and I've worked, you know, across the UK, across Australia and across Canada as well in various different uh, consulting roles in the HR space, business development space and a, and a wide variety of things. So yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a it's a very well-rounded background. And Amy, so right off the bat, so when you hear the word sustainability, what, what comes to mind? I think of the future. Um, and I think sort of future-proofing things as well. Um, one of the things that I think we're, we're more conscious of it now um, and sort of living in a sustainable way because I think sometimes we... Uh, on a, a broader sort of macro level can see kind of the impacts that our behaviors have and the way that we consume things and everything as well. So I think about the future and I think about uh, future generations as well. So it's really interesting. I know that your background is heavily in the HR business space, but you know, yeah. you start off right off with, with economics. I mean, what a, <laughs> what a great way to kind of launch this, but on a broader yeah. scale. So when you think of, I think you looked at, you use the word future proofing. So what does that mean even outside of the, the business space? What's a, what does it mean on a broader societal scale or, you know, economic scale for, for countries out there? Yeah, I think maybe this is coming from my uh, millennial lens, Kevin, but, you know, we kind of have um, that lens that does look about, you know, corporate sustainability as well. I think, um, you know, from, from a lot of the work that I've done in the past with millennials in the workplace and Generation Z coming through the workplace as well, um, they tend to align themselves with companies that have some level of corporate sustainable responsibility. Um, and so I just think that it is looking about beyond you as the individual and also what you do as an individual and how that kind of impacts um, the people around you, your environment uh, and everything, you know, globally in the world, if you want to take it up to that macro right. level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it, it, let's let's talk a little bit about kind of the intersection between, you know, business and doing good for society as well, kind of that intersection. And then I kind of want to get into kind of the personal side of things a little later, but 
from a, yeah. you know, from a business coaching standpoint, when you talk to clients, are, is this kind of a, like the third, you know, bottom line that you're looking at or the fourth bottom line? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, with millennials, they're set to be 75% of the workplace by 2025, which wow. is only around the corner. Um, and that was a study done by Deloitte. And what they found is that, you know, through the interview process, when they're looking at attracting the their future leaders and attracting people in the workplace to stick around for the long haul, um, this was a consideration and this was a factor. Um, you know, flexibility came sort of up on top. Um, mm. I think we've all got, especially yeah. over the last couple of years, everyone has started to look and, and work more flexibly. But corporate responsibility and corporate sustainability, um, there's typically a low level of trust in the millennial generation when it comes to organisations doing good. Um, and so a lot of millennials do have this sort of, I guess, bugbear around uh, corporates just being in it for the profits mm -hmm. um, and for the money and not thinking beyond that. Um, but a really good example is uh, there's a company that's actually called Who Gives a Crap? <laughs> and pardon the, the language there, but um, they actually make sustainable uh, and recyclable toilet paper. And one of the things that they do is they have a, a give back uh, measure that they hit every single year. And so they donate and they help, you know, people um, to actually get facilities around the world. And so their staff and their employees actually have targets towards that. And that's one of the key motivators for their staff and for their, their people. Um, and so it's looking beyond the profits and it's actually looking about, okay, what is the bigger impact here? On a, on a broader scale, you know, the, the UN has been in the news a lot about, you know, sustainability and their, their goals around that. So how much do you think that the UN sustainability goals drive and development goals drive like the millennial perspective or mindset? Yeah, I think it's a, it's one of the considerations. It's probably not everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think everyone sort of comes at things from a, a self lens first. We kind of think about serving our own needs. If we think about the Maslow hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Here, we're kind of looking to to get uh, through those ladders and those hoops first naturally as, as humans. Um, but then I think looking beyond that, you know, it, I don't know any sort of, you know, studies around this or I don't have any sort of data that supports this, but um, when you look at it, yeah, from a, a company level and you look at what the companies are actually doing in response to that, then I think that's a way that people can sort of tangibly hold on to that and, and look at some of the bigger trends that are happening around the world. So when you're coaching one of your clients and you're talking about these things and you're, and they're, they're just kind of getting started and, and, and trying to kind of form what their company culture and their strategies and that type of thing, how do you coach them through this to say, you know, your clients, they care about these things, you know, mm -hmm. the, your potential clients, your, your, the market out there cares about these things. How would you coach them through that process? Yeah, it, it is really looking at it from that customer centric lens um, and really looking at it from, you know, outside, just within the walls of the company, what's actually going on. And particularly from a, a marketing sort of trend point of view as well, you know, there's sort of like a, a strategy element there where, um, you know, companies do kind of ride on the coattails of some of these trends. Mm. Um, but if it's not authentic and if it's not actually genuine within the values of that organization, they get found out pretty quickly. Yeah. So I think it has to be um, really values aligned first and foremost about 
how you're going to set the company culture, what are the actual values of the company? And then it's looking about, okay, well, what are the macro things? What are the sustainability uh, projects that are actually um, aligned with that and something that they're truly passionate with and motivated about sticking with as well? Because I think that uh, consistency when it comes from a branding point of view and making sure that it actually makes sense for the business brand, it doesn't feel incongruent or it doesn't mm-hmm. feel contrived. Um, that's a big part of it as well. I, I've, I've got a personal example that, that that came to mind when you were talking about, you know, companies are found out pretty quickly if, you know, if yeah. it's just kind of a ruse type thing. But yeah. so when, when my oldest child, we were kind of doing the university tour and, you know, to see where she would go to university in the States. And we had just actually moved back to the States. We hadn't moved back yet. We were still living in, in Western Europe and we, we were at a university and we, I asked them, I said, so give me an idea of kind of the international flavor of the school. You know, and they said, "Oh, we are very international. We have a ro- we have a Romanian math teacher, and we have two cleaning crew from Honduras, or something like that." And I was like, "It was it was almost laughable just the different perspectives of you know what what does it mean to be diverse or you know that type of thing." And so, I I know that there are so many things that come into play when you look at at companies that care. You know, so. Mm-hmm. What are, what are some of the major factors that you think companies are judged on um, of, of, in this space? Yeah, well, one of the, the interesting things is that um, I feel like when companies put themselves out there to say that they're backing a cause or to say that they're more sustainable or to have a real sort of big mission and, and big vision of what they want to do beyond just the, the company interests, Um, they're actually held to a higher account Mm -hmm. than a lot of other companies are. So if you're a company and you're saying, you know, we're donating $5 million a year to this particular cause, you know, you better do it. You know, it's common sense, but your customers are watching, your clients are watching and they want to know that the reason that they're investing their money with you is that, you know, you actually follow through with what you say you're going to do. And so I think they are really held to a higher account and there's, a level of transparency that comes into this as well. Mm. Um, And so the example that I shared with you before, you know, the founder Simon was uh, talking about how he has very, very transferable and and transparent metrics around what donations are happening um, every single month, every single year, uh, where the funds are going. And so customers are exposed to that and they can actually see that, you know, when they spend money with that company, they can track exactly where it goes um, and it, it all kind of makes sense. And so I think that, yeah, they are held to a much higher account and there's a lot of pressure that is put on some organizations because they do make that stand. So how does a company determine what matters? Like, does it, does it matter to millennials or any, any market size or any market we're talking about Gen Z, Gen X, whatever, does it matter that a company is doing, or does it just matter that they're doing something? Yeah, I think it goes back to the the values and what makes sense for that company as well. I think it is something that, you know, if you have maybe the majority of your um, your staff or your employees that you're actually really passionate about, maybe it's doing like a, a survey with some of your employees and talking about, okay, well, what are the areas that they're truly passionate about? Um, and the same can be for your customer base as well. So it might be sort of aligning it with being actually told uh, from either inside or outside of the organization where sort of carries the most amount of weight, what is the the most uh, amount of interest for a particular Mm. sort of area where they can focus. So it doesn't feel like it's just sort of plucked out from the air. It's actually 
more meaningful because it, it came from some data. It's just, it's not just a random, just marketing ploy that they're, they're yeah. saying, okay, we're doing something. So you should care. But uh, exactly. Exactly. so now we're going to pull back the curtain and we're going to drill down a little bit. Just, we're going to jump into Amy's flat here. We're gonna, <laughs> this is Amy's lifestyle. So tell me from, from your perspective, what, what matters in this space and, and how has that kind of affected how you live personally? Yeah, I'm uh, a pretty conservative in nature anyway. Um, when it comes to living, I'm not a super materialistic kind of girl. And so I live, a, I think, a, a pretty down-to-earth, cruisy life. And I think uh, one of the things that I really learned through, uh, you know, this whole COVID experience the last couple of years is that, you know, you really just want to make your home feel really good. I think that's something that's really important to me is having a, a home base. You know, I work 100% remotely uh, with all my clients around the world. And so I want to know that when I'm home, it feels really good. Um, but it doesn't mean, you know, filling up your home with anything that's in excess. So it's, uh, it, for me, it's more around um, just being sort of down to earth and not being uh, really sort of frivolous or over the top with anything when it comes to like energy or sustainability or just sort of consumerism essentially you know I'm kind of a <laughs> have what I need and I, I don't need much more than that so have you have you thought about like what does it look like kind of down the road thought about say solar energy thought about maybe an EV electric vehicle or something like that or you know public transportation what are some of the things that you specifically that you you have thought about or have, have kind of adopted as a lifestyle yeah, my partner uh, jokes all the time that he can't wait to get a Prius. <laughs> he's always looking, <laughs> always looking at, um, you know, he's very much into the technology space and he's very much into, um, you know, cryptocurrencies and all those sorts of things as well, which I think is is absolutely incredible when you look at that that space. So yep. um, I'm very much about, you know, forward thinking and thinking about, okay, what is down the line that we're going to need? So I'm very open-minded when it comes to, yeah, electric car, let's get one. Like, let's do it. You know, there's, there's all these sorts of things that I think that on an individual level you can contribute to and you can start to just think, it doesn't have to be all at once, but you can start to actually sort of think, okay, well, the car is, is one thing, you know, what can we upgrade here that's going to help or what can we upgrade when it comes to the house? So yeah, definitely on that path. And I think it's going to be easier um, to adopt over time as well. It's kind of like, you know, when the internet first came out, Kevin, and everyone was like, what is this thing? And then now it's a part of everyday life and it's not even a thought. So I think that's the same with sustainability. You know, people sort of catch on to it a little bit later perhaps, but yep. it's, it's something that I just think will be a natural part of everyday life. See, it's funny. You told that story vicariously. I actually lived that. What is it like? What was it like pre-internet? So <laughs> that was the difference in, in where we are. But yeah, I, I think it's it's exactly right. We I've mentioned this on other podcasts, that idea that says, you know, nobody wakes up in the world and says, or in the morning now and says, hey, I think I'm just going to go litter. You know, I'm just going to go yeah. throw rubbish around or I'm going to waste something or I'm going to, you know, that type of thing. So it's, I think there has been kind of a global shift, you know, in a good way here. But I also think that right now you got to um, you got to say, hey, you know, what does it mean for me individually? Because the only way that we're going to move the needle is if all of us do a little bit, you know, if all of us do our part. So if you were coaching people like, you know, just personally, even from a business standpoint. So what are what's just some easy first steps to take? Yeah, I just think from looking at your own individual level, it's it's thinking about like, okay, what really aligns on a, a values-based level as well? 
and thinking about, okay, what is, you know, even uh, when we think about business and exercise that I do with a lot of people is sort of tracking their time to mm-hmm. see where their time is actually spent through their day. Um, and so it could be things like as well, like they've driven to the, the grocery store a few times a day or a couple, you know, a few times in a couple of days and you think, okay, well, could you not just do one big trip and get it done? Or, yep. you know, is there a way that you could get used delivery services or, you know, all these sorts of things, right? Where you just start to think about you as an individual and what are your behaviors and what are your activities? And the first step is really just kind of looking about both from a business point of view and like leveraging your time right. so that you have more time to spend on your business, but also leveraging your energy and, and being more sustainable in the way that you operate through the week as well. I mean, that, that the last statement you just mentioned is, is kind of broadening the whole idea around sustainability. It really is, you know, is your lifestyle sustainable? Is your, you know, the pattern, your habits, the, you know, the, the, the strategies that you try to put in place, both the life strategy and the business strategy, are they sustainable, you know, in the long term? So I, yeah. I, mean, I love the way you kind of wrap that up. So. Yeah, I think burnout has been a, a big issue for a lot of business mm. owners and people in their careers over the last couple of years as well. And so I think there has been this huge, big realization that um, you can't do it all <laughs> sometimes. And so it is really around looking at, okay, well, how do we sort of embed that kind of structure that allows you to get what you need to have done um, but also gives you that that space you know away from your business or your career or whatever it is for you that allows you to essentially breathe and and feel like a human again (laughs) yeah yeah no dan you know it's 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 funny it's a that's kind of a metaphor of of life and metaphor of just you know what what does it look like with the planet moving forward i mean this whole idea of burnout is what a great kind of word picture that you just painted there but amy just uh really appreciate you taking time just chatting with us today and let's kind of kind of look behind the curtain in your life and just the things that matter to you is there anything you just want to wrap us up with today and just maybe tell people where the best place to find you online yeah thanks so much for having me kevin this has been a really good thought-provoking conversation as well and i think um you know, it definitely is the future. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going back from here. I think it's going to accelerate even further. So um, I do think that it now is the time to really start to think about, yeah, from an individual level and a a company level, how are you being more sustainable? Um, Because yeah, it's only going to accelerate from here with with technologies that are popping up all the time. Um, So this has been a a really great conversation for that. Thank you. Um, For those that are looking to connect and and wanting to find out a little bit more, um, they can head to my website, which is amylsmith.com. You'll also find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube. I'm pretty well on the social medias. (laughs) So you can uh, come and find me there. Amy, thank you again for just taking time and just really just sharing your thoughts behind this whole idea behind, you know, renewable energy and just the lifestyles around that. And Amy, we appreciate you taking time today. Have a great day. Thanks, Kevin.